Atlanta News First investigates the largest investigative team in Georgia, holding the powerful accountable and fighting for you. Now, in this series of podcasts, we take you behind the scenes of our most recent investigations. Welcome to Behind the Investigation with Atlanta News First. I'm Chief Investigator Brendan Keefe, and I'm joined now by investigative reporter Rachel Polanski with Atlanta News First Investigates. Good to have you here, Rachel. Thanks for having me. Today, we're talking about tenants and landlords' rights. Essentially, if you rent an apartment or you rent apartments to someone out there, well, this story is about you, or even if you've ever rented an apartment, because this comes down to both tenants' rights, mm-hmm. landlords' rights, and the backup in the courts when it comes to evictions. Why, why should I care about this story, Rachel? Well, quite frankly, the eviction moratorium ended in October 2021, and here we are almost two years later, and these eviction court backlogs are impacting people in Fulton County, in DeKalb County, and in Clayton counties. So why this is such a big deal? We can start with landlords. So I've spoken to a number of mom and pop landlords. So these aren't, you know, big corporate giants. This is just, you know, one guy, for example, a retired music teacher um, who decided to invest in some properties. Um, I think he has like two or three properties. Um, And he uh, had a tenant that stopped paying rent. He decided to file for an eviction. And uh, he's waited over six months to get into court. And uh, that is just one small example of the thousands that that we found. And another guy waited close to 18 months uh, before the tenant was evicted. And all that time, these landlords are having to pay the mortgage. They're having to pay that unpaid rent. Uh, they're having to pay the taxes. And so for a lot of people, this is putting them in the red, uh, telling us that they're worried about foreclosure. So it's a really big deal for landlords. How does this affect tenants? Basically, in talking with some experts, they told us that what a lot of landlords are doing to compensate for this additional risk is that they are increasing rent or increasing security deposits. So even if you are a great tenant, if you're apartment shopping right now or house shopping for a place to rent, you might see higher price tags or you might have to put down a larger security deposit up front. Because they're passing down the cost to you and me, basically. Exactly, because they're trying to compensate for this additional risk. And the other thing is, is that we're not talking about sort of big corporate landlords or absentee landlords that we've done all the stories on. These are people like you and I who own properties. They may own one or two or three properties. Mm -hmm. And this is their retirement income or it's their life savings they poured into this. And they're stuck with someone who's not paying rent and they can't get them out of there. Exactly. Those are the people we feature in this story that you're about to watch. And those are the people that I'm told makes up the majority of landlords here in the metro. All right, let's take a look and a listen. This is requesting... Clayton County landlord... Court date, right? It is. Laverne Deloach is fed up. We've gotten no answers. We've made phone calls to every person that we can think of, every number that we've been given. We've just dead-ended. Deloach says her tenant stopped paying rent in October. She filed for an eviction in December. Six months later, she was still waiting for her day in court. I think maybe Clayton County needs to reevaluate their systems or their processes, and I think they need to be restructured, and I think there should be some accountability. Clayton County's chief magistrate court judge admits that there is a backlog, due in large part to COVID, but says the county has hired more judges and added more eviction calendars to eliminate the caseload. It is devastating financially. It is very frustrating. Over in DeKalb County, landlord Vladimir Yampolsky also filed for an eviction in December. Seven months later, his tenant is still living in his home. And they're sitting there 
not paying rent, they don't have any incentive to move because they know it may go forever. Both Yampolsky and Deloach are not corporate landlords. Yampolsky is a retired music teacher, and Deloach is a former healthcare provider. Both invested in real estate to save for retirement. And now, they're worried about foreclosure. We're borrowing, borrowing money to pay for mortgage. We're in the red. We're about to lose our house. I'm not here to make a lot of money. I just want to make a living. Atlanta News First Investigates reached out to every magistrate court in the metro, and we uncovered eviction court backlogs in Clayton, DeKalb, and Fulton counties. And the delays do not end in the courtroom. Once a ruling is issued, all evictions in Georgia must be supervised by a marshal or sheriff's deputy. And we found some of those agencies are also playing catch-up. Today, there are 2,600 cases in the Fulton County Marshal's Department just waiting to be completed. It took about 18 months to get through that entire process. So we waited basically for a year to get to court, and then we waited an additional six months after that for the actual sheriff's eviction. You heard right. 18 months from the day property manager Todd Orchide filed an eviction to the day the tenant was evicted from this Fulton County townhome. In your time in this industry, have you ever seen anything like this? Oh, no. Atlanta's always been relatively um, smooth for these sorts of things. Cases used to be processed in four to six weeks. It's gotten so bad that Orchide is now encouraging investors to buy elsewhere. They're looking for a place where their risk is low. And if they're looking at that, they're going to say, well, I have a much better opportunity in these outlying counties than I do in Fulton and, and DeKalb in these areas because my risk is just higher in those counties. And the ripple effect has already begun. Orchide says most Metro Atlanta landlords are either raising rent or security deposits to compensate for the additional risk. Ultimately, who really suffers is the 99% of tenants who are good tenants. It's creating an even greater affordable housing crisis. And then we have a mess in here. As for Laverne Deloach, two weeks after we got involved, it makes no sense. Her tenants moved out. We've noticed that there's bullet holes in the screened-in porch, in the wood. So someone literally, there's bullet casings on the floor. But she's still out $17,000 in unpaid rent. And after this experience... We lost our money. We lost our investment. She says she's getting out of the rental business. I mean, we have no choice. At this point, we have to sell and cut our losses. And we also have an update on Vladimir Yampolsky's case. Just weeks after we got involved, a DeKalb County judge ruled in his favor. Then a marshal came out to this house and the tenant was evicted. But Yampolsky tells us he is still out $26,000 in unpaid rent. Now, the house sits largely empty. Yampolsky has since hired a team of contractors who have moved everything out, and now they're in the process of cleaning everything up. The next step is finding a new tenant. Reporting in DeKalb County, Rachel Polanski, Atlanta News First. So as we said at the beginning of the story, uh, before the story ran, uh, Rachel, that these are people who've poured their life savings into one, two, three properties, and it's their retirement and all of that. But on top of that, there's the carrying costs. So if they're not collecting rent from someone, they can't pay the mortgage. 
Is that what happened to this one person we saw at the end of the story? Yeah, so that was a big reason why she's deciding to get out of the rental business altogether. This experience was just so traumatic for her. And at this point, she's out, I think she said $17,000 that she doesn't think she's going to get back. I mean, she could go to small claims court, but that would be a whole other battle. So she's deciding to just get out of the business altogether. And if she does want to invest again, she's going to find something outside of real estate. Right. And so you mentioned the backups and our... our that were already existing in the court. Sure. But then you had this sort of moratorium that ended in 2021. That moratorium was because of COVID, correct? Right. That was because of COVID. And most of these magistrate court judges that I spoke with are still blaming the backlog on COVID plus an increase in cases. So what they're telling me they're doing to try and eliminate this backlog, quite frankly, is adding eviction court calendars and adding more judges. So they acknowledge that this is a problem and they say they're working to fix it, but it is taking longer than expected. Here we are almost two years later. I've sat in on these dispossessory hearings, as they're called. And sure. the uh, part of, the main thing is just trying to get the non-paying tenant or squatter out. Mm-hmm. But the judges are also, the magistrates are sometimes ordering a repayment schedule. Hey, by the way, you owe this money and I'm ordering you to pay it. But short of that piece of paper, there's no way to force someone to pay up a a past debt. Um, And then there's also the issue of trying to report this to someone's credit. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is the landlord really doesn't have any leverage at that point, right? No, they really don't. And both landlords that you heard from in this story are kind of in the same boat. Uh, The second landlord you heard from, uh, Vladimir Yampolsky in DeKalb County, just weeks after we got involved, uh, he also had some resolution. The judge did rule in his favor. And I think uh, she ordered the tenant to pay him like $15,000 back. He tells me he's out $26,000 in unpaid rent, not including late fees, penalties. And also he has to do a bunch of upcoming renovations. So that's not even, you know, the full amount that he's out. But he doesn't expect to see a penny of that money. Maybe he will, but probably not. And there's not there's not much you can really do as that landlord Both of them said at this point, it feels bittersweet, like it was a terrible experience. They are out all of this thousands of dollars, but they're glad the tenant is out and now they can move on. You know, Laverne getting out of the business altogether. Vladimir's going to stay in the business. We went to the house just yesterday and now he's in the process of renovating it, painting the walls. Uh, There were some like holes in the walls and things like that. So he's just fixing it up and he is going to try and find another tenant and he's hoping for a better experience this time. Wow. You know, the, there's something obviously that could be done within Georgia law, but is Georgia law not as uh, strong in favor of these individual mom and pop landlords as uh, compared with the rights the tenants have, for example? That is what the landlords keep telling me and any experts I talked with in the field. Georgia law does favor tenants' rights, which is a good thing in a lot of cases, of course. But in a story like this, you know, not so much for these mom and pop landlords who are now out all of this money and they don't really have much that they can do. Well, especially when there's no teeth, there's no leverage like we did, we talked about. So if someone doesn't pay their mortgage, the bank takes the house. If someone doesn't pay their car payment, the bank takes the car. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't pay their rent and there's a months-long backup at the, in the mm-hmm. courts, a year or longer in some cases, well, then you're stuck with a non-paying tenant and you still have to pay all the bills. That and you can't even go into the house or on the property because the tenant still has all of these rights. So in some of these cases, I was talking to one property manager who didn't even realize that the tenant had moved out because they're not allowed to just 
go on to the property. So they hadn't paid rent in however many months. And perhaps they left and they didn't know if they would have been able to get on the property. Maybe they could have started cleaning it up quicker. But yeah, they, they really don't have that many that many rights when it comes to someone who's not paying. They're just waiting for their day in court. And when they deal with these backlogs, that can be ongoing. And then the other part of this that we talked about in the story is that not only are the courts backed up, but in Georgia, when they do schedule an eviction, a marshal or sheriff's deputy has to be present. And those agencies are also playing catch up since the pandemic. So in Fulton County, for example, I talked with the marshal's office and they have something like 2,600 uh, cases in their office just waiting to be completed. And the spokesperson told me, you know, as soon as they come in, we get them scheduled. Uh, and I was like, well, what does that look like? And she's like, well, I can't tell you exactly, but from what it sounds like, they're scheduling it a couple months out. Wow. So you might wait that year to get your day in court. The judge might rule in your favor, and then you're still waiting, you know, three, four, or five months to the marshal or sheriff's deputy to come out and actually do that eviction. Now, obviously, the vast majority of renters are good people. Mm -hmm. I've been a renter. You've been a renter. Sure. Um, but the there are people who figured this out and who can game the system, right? I mean, they can do this again and again and again. Right. And I think they, they are aware of this backlog and they're aware of the delays that happen post-COVID. And I think they are taking advantage of that. But to your point, I think it's important to mention that you know, and even in talking to experts, 99% of tenants are good tenants, but it's that 1% that kind of cause these problems. And if you're a landlord on the receiving end, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. But also what we touched on at the beginning when we were first talking, that this affects those good tenants too, because they're the ones that are going to see the increased security deposits. They're going to see the increased rent. And all of this just contributes to the affordable housing crisis that we're seeing all over the metro. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, rents are the one thing that keep going up. Mm -hmm. uh, we've started to see uh, overall inflation drop to normal levels. But rent is the one thing that just keeps uh, climbing. And it's the reason, you know, one of the number one complaints we get into our investigative unit mm -hmm. is poor living conditions. And then you see what people are paying for rent uh, when they have mold or they have a non-functioning air conditioner or heater uh, and other issues in their apartment. I mean, we get a half dozen of those a week easy. Mm -hmm. um, and there's very little we can do on an individual basis. From the tenant, uh, or sorry, from the landlord standpoint, mm -hmm. if I'm going to go and take, you know, my little nest egg, preparing for retirement, I'm going to go buy, you know, a, a multifamily home and rent it out. What can I do uh, as a sort of mom and pop landlord? What can people listening do to protect themselves to screen these tenants so they don't end up holding the bag? Right. So one of the property managers I spoke to said he is encouraging investors to buy elsewhere outside of Fulton County, outside DeKalb County, outside Clayton County. So he suggested some of the more rural areas, Spalding, Coweta, um, even Cherokee. He said there's less risk. So he's encouraging people to go out that way where you can probably get some more bang for your buck as it is. And they don't have these backlogs. So God forbid you do have a tenant that stops paying. You can take them to court and perhaps wait four to six weeks, which is a normal waiting time and not a year or a year and a half that you're going without rent that, that entire time. Yeah. And like I said before, just when your tenant's not paying rent uh, and, and, you know, people might be saying, wait, I've had a terrible landlord before. Why, why are we, you know, taking the side of the landlord here? 
We're not. What we're saying is that there's mom and pop landlords out there and or these bills don't stop coming. The mortgage still has to be paid. And, you know, the property tax, which mm-hmm. is coming due here shortly, um, you know, that could be a significant amount of money. Even if you outright own the property, we can be talking about thousands of dollars you owe. And without that source of income coming from the renter, uh, from the tenant, that has to come out of your savings or in some cases people are probably having to take out loans, additional loans to just keep from getting foreclosed upon. Oh, absolutely. That was a big fear of of both of the landlords I talked to. And to your point, when I first started doing this story, I did grapple with, you know, taking the side of the landlord per se. I've personally done many a story with tenants living in unfair conditions where we've talked about slumlords and things like that. And those stories are so important as well. But I think it's also important that we touch on stories that involve these mom and pop landlords because it's it's not fair for them either. That's right. Well, thank you so much, Rachel Polanski, investigative reporter, staying on this issue. I know you're not going to quit until you get it fixed and you're already getting results because they're talking about adding uh, staff and resources. You can catch Rachel's investigation on AtlantaNewsFirst.com. Just go to the Investigates page and be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Otherwise, you can watch us on YouTube, Roku, or wherever you get your connected television. I'm Chief Investigator Brendan Key for Atlanta News First Investigates and Atlanta News First Plus. We'll see you next time.